Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hey everyone and welcome to All Together, the Family Science Insights Podcast, produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Dina Sargent. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. Now we are coming up to a new year with an ability to refresh and reassess our lives. In a partnership, New Year's gives an opportunity to make plans or resolutions. But how do we bring up the discussion for a renewal to strengthen our relationship? Now that's gonna be a little bit of our topic today and joining us in this conversation is licensed professional counselor, psychotherapist and author, Jill Robin Payne. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, Jill. Thank you, Dina, for having me. Now, as a professional counselor, what is your role in helping couples in achieving positive communication? Well, a lot of people will come to me because uh, they're just not feeling connected in their relationship or they're feeling lost, depressed. And so they come to me and action creates reaction. So a lot of times I can just see one partner and just by them changing a little bit about the, their actions, that helps them in their in their marriage. And then sometimes, of course, they'll come in together. And then we just sort of sit on the couch. They actually sit on the couch. <laughs> and we sit and just that. And um, I, I practice something that I've written books on called Empathy, and it's banter with empathy. I've been doing it for about 30 years, and it's basically what you and I were doing at the beginning of the show. And so by doing the bantry, you finish something or I say something, it gets to have a, a safe environment and the safer you feel in your environment, the more comfortable you feel and then therefore you can express yourself really. And that's just what I do in my Oh, perfect. Now, throughout your work, what's been one common frustration individuals sort of tell you when they're trying to communicate with their partner? <laughs> you really want to know? Let's hear it. I would love to hear the deep in-depth part. <laughs> they don't hear me. <laughs> they, you know, a lot of them, especially the women, the women mm -hmm. will say, my husband just doesn't hear me. I say this and that. They say they're going to do something and then they don't do it. So they have a frustration in that and they don't like to feel like they're nagging at their partner. And so they like to come to me to see how can they talk to these people without nagging them. And so mm -hmm. what what we find out, and and you probably already know this, that men have different brains than women, and we are totally different. So men are going to think more specific, and uh, they're more direct, whereas we might not be that way. And e even though I'm generalizing, there is a book out there that validates me, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. It's true. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they come to me basically wanting to be heard, both parties. And mm -hmm. if I have someone come to me and they're upset because the toilet seat is up, they're not really upset about the toilet seat. They're upset because their spouse didn't 
doesn't uh, respect them enough or listen to them. And the same when the husband will say something about the toothpaste isn't wound up correctly. And I tell my wife to do it this way and it's not done that way. So it's a lot, they'll come in for some other issue and then there's a common goal. Uh, both parties usually they're upset. The other one's angry. If the other one's sad, the other one's uh, sad. It, it's uh, usually a common thing. Okay. No, that's it's really interesting. I think especially when it comes to um, the lack of communication, the lack of listening. I think it's a big it's a big part of relationship. And I've said this yes. so many times on the show that communication is key. But what I've also found is that you can communicate, but sometimes comprehension is probably the best. Like I know people say communication is key, but for me, I like to think of it as communication is a part of it, but comprehension and sort of just understanding what your partner right. is saying and thinking about what it actually would mean is a bigger part to it where it's like, so people say communication is key. I like to say comprehension is key. Comprehension is like everything in a relationship because without understanding what they're saying, you can't really communicate. And that's so true. So uh, what I'll have, my husband, he has a whiteboard. You probably don't even know what a whiteboard is. Do you have a whiteboard? No. Yes, I've got one okay. at home. <laughs> okay, so he has his own whiteboard. And when I want him to do something or get something for me, or we've had a discussion, he'll even say, write it on my whiteboard. So that way he can visually see it. The more senses mm -hmm. you use, the more you make sense. So that helps us in our relationship because if we don't do that, I promise you, I will say something to him and it will go like this. Another thing is, please, when you are talking to somebody, if they are looking at the TV, if they are texting, if they are doing anything on electronic, please ask them, put it down, look at me, and then you talk because it really it really makes a difference. We cannot multitask. That's a fact. It, as much as, as a, we believe that we can. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and a little note on that, if you have more than one device, and so let's say you're on your computer doing something, or you're on your phone texting, and then you get uh, someone calls you and wants you to do something, it takes you 25 minutes to get back to your, to focus on that task. So I even tell my client when they're working, if you want to do your emails, do them all at once and then do, do everything separate at, because if you are disrupted, it, it takes you 25 minutes to get back to focus and you waste mm -hmm. how much time of the day. And that includes oh, no, that's a very... your spouse. Yeah. yeah, no, that is a very interesting point. Actually, I've never really seen that as something, but no, that's a very, that's, wow, okay. <laughs> but you know what get your work done faster and yeah. so right that's how important it is so that when you are with somebody if your phone is out they've done studies that mm -hmm. when your phone is out you'll pay more attention to the phone that's out than you will to the person that's next to you so as a couple put your phones away don't even take mm -hmm. them or leave them in the car and you'll have mm -hmm. a better time with your your loved one Cool. That's that's a great note to sort of dive into even further. Right. Now, yeah. before we discuss it, before yeah. we talk about it even further, I'd love yeah. to get to know some of your recommendation as well as some of your interests by yeah. playing our channel's favorite icebreaker. 
Now, to start off with, what's the most recent book that you've read? The most recent book that I have read. Oh my gosh. Um, I I read Psychology Today, so I read magazine. Um, that still counts. I also count yeah, that. <laughs> right, yeah. So I have different things that I recommend my clients read. For instance, um, How to Win Friends and If We're People, which was a 1937 book, which I have read. Um, and uh, th- things like that that I've, I've already read. But most, most recent has been, uh, like I said, magazine. Okay. Because I'm trying to keep up with everything. Everything is going so quickly with the internet and um, and and how we're working with AI and things like that. And so reading the book, by the time you read the book, it's already happened. So I like to, mm-hmm. it's true. So I'm, I'm trying yeah. to keep up with all these things that are going on because they're really affecting uh, my clients. So a mm-hmm. lot of them, it's even AI is even affecting some of my clients' thoughts because oh wow yeah right no that's, so, that's in a good very way interesting. So, but some is yeah. in a good way so uh, yeah because they're working with AI so mm-hmm. it, it can be a positive so that's my answer to that <laughs> well that's, that's a perfect answer especially it's very much in today's society of an answer right. it is isn't that yeah I yeah. think about. I don't do the internet where you're only reading little snippets. I, I will read a, a paper magazine, and usually it's psychology today or anything that has to do with psychology, relationships, uh, communication. I, I'm mm-hmm. very much into into that. Oh, perfect. Now, what's a movie that you would recommend to our viewers? Well, that one's easy. It's it's Barbie. I I I've watched it twice. And when I first mm-hmm. watched it, I thought it was it was hysterical because a lot of the people that are watching it, Dina, probably aren't really getting what it's about. And they were mm-hmm. talking about existential anxiety or existential crisis, but you have the existential anxiety before you have the crisis. And that's what's going on with a lot of the kids today because they go from the unreal, the virtual mm-hmm. world, to the real world and it's hard to cope because people can be mean and you're not going to always get what you want and people <laughs> don't always look so perfect they have cellulite and so it was a, a really good movie for the kids to watch and i've had some clients where i've recommended them to watch mm-hmm. no i, I love that movie because i loved the way that they looked at what boys perspective what to be and what girls perspectives is right so they look yeah. at the boys when they look at ken and ken is sort of somehow exposed to what he's seeing in the real right. world and then suddenly he's um he's become that sort of macho figure that he thinks that's what society is wanting him to have and i i i was talking with a friend of mine actually about it and we were saying that as much as I think it's a movie on Barbie, I think it was more of a look into Ken. Right. Because so, they... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. It's just mainly just because they have like that whole idea of, okay, boys, are some, they're nice at the beginning and they're really nice to people. They're nice to everyone. And right. then suddenly you, they're exposed to what a man is supposed to be. And right. their whole view of what the transition from boyhood to manhood is to be mean, is to be powerful, is to be dominating, 
rather than communicating between between understanding what what they want from the world and what they want to be. Right. And and I, I agree with you that it was also about Hen. I, I thought I loved it because I thought it was pretty well rounded. A lot of people were saying the opposite of you, saying, Oh, it was all about the women and uh, you know, the rights of women. And I think it was for both. And I think it was about showing respect and uh, hearing the other person and understanding things that are not happening so much in the world. A lot of people are doing uh, the ghosting or, or canceling instead of having a discussion. And that does overflow in our marriages too and in our friendships. I've had people I know that have ghosted their friends and because they just didn't know what to say or mm-hmm. they were mad or they just didn't want to continue with the relationship. Instead of even a text, just saying, hey, listen, uh, this isn't working right now, maybe later. Mm-hmm. So there's other yeah. things that, yeah. And I like the movie because of the dynamics with the mom and the daughter, and uh, also how the, the daughter treated Barbie, and then mm-hmm. how Barbie treated Ken, and then how Ken, when he came back to the from the real world, treated the Barbie. It, it yeah. was very interesting. It had so much. Yeah, and then yeah. also had Alan. We can't forget. We can't forget Alan either. <laughs> <laughs> or Alan. Uh, I, yeah. I love to think that there are more Alans in the world. Yeah. Well, I. You know, I don't know. I. You know, it. It's good to have some oomph. We we want to mm-hmm. have some oomph. Like speaking of the New Year's resolutions, that that put some oomph in in your marriage because when you have a relationship and you've been with that person for a couple of years, it's like having cheesecake every day. And no matter if you love cheesecake, you know you can put uh, some icing on the cheesecake, some cherry on the cheese. It's still cheesecake. So yeah. doing the New Year's resolution sort of gets maybe a little spark in the relationship and even in relationships and friendships, you know, Mm -hmm. it it sort of goes like this and you want to do exciting things with them. So Alan, he's nice for a while, but then he may get bored. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I I understand that. I think that's a complete, um, completely good observation. Yeah. Now, when it comes to role models, do you have, a person or a group of people that you find yourself looking up to? Yes. Well, mine is an old one and she's still alive and it's Dr. Ruth. She's probably, I think she's 95 now and she was a sex therapist. She was in a concentration camp in, uh, I think, Poland. And she had such a wonderful attitude, always happy. And she made a sex wonderful, not you know, and she she made people feel good about themselves and that their people have problems in sex and that's okay because no one's perfect. I love that about her and I hope that I emulate something like that in my profession with my clients. I let them know I'm not perfect and uh, and we make light of things and, and where things are a little dark, we, we can get pretty serious. Sometimes they cry. Most times I like to find positive. So that they can get go from A to B and get what they want. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's 
an amazing person to look up to, especially when it was still very a hush-hush kind of conversation to have and somehow it made it oh, right. very comfortable talking about it. And I think even today, yeah. I don't think we have that discussion quite as much in a more in-depth part. Rather, we just talk right. about the... We, we turn it into gossip rather than actual conversation. Exactly, exactly. And uh, what I liked about her is that she made it safe to bring it up so that you didn't feel bad about yourself and mm -hmm. that you knew that other people had issues like that. And it, it made it easier for you to talk about it, which is good. We, we need to be able to talk about it. Now, there's a time and a place. So if sometimes when we talk about all these things on the Internet, you really need to be careful with what you're putting out there on the Internet because it's it's forever. And yeah. um, and I don't think a lot of the people are thinking that. I think they're just putting things out, getting their life, uh, which when you get a life, it hits the same region of the brain as you had a, a piece of chocolate or got a hundred dollar bill. So mm -hmm. getting those likes really feel good and they can become addictive. And, and so they're not thinking about what they're really putting out. They're thinking about what getting that like feeling good. It's all about feeling good. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this conflict resolution doesn't happen. And we need to do that because when you, you get conflict with people, how do you handle it? Um, I, I don't, I don't like ignoring the issue for me. I've Lord. recently learned to communicate in a way that, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm upset with this person or if I feel like right. this person is no longer needed in my life, like they're not sort of the person that I want to keep around, then I tell them. I don't like I don't like ghosting. I don't believe in the whole idea of ghosting. Right. I feel like it's mm -hmm. it's even worse to ghost someone than to actually tell them because it's stuck on their right. mind, it's stuck on your mind and it's not right. fair on either side. So I tell them that I okay, I feel like we've grown apart. I don't feel like we're that close anymore and you know, I'm I'm still there for you whenever you need me, but I just don't see that this friendship is the best for me at the moment right and by by doing that it it helps them so that they have some finality if we don't have finality keep on it's just like the texting i mean i don't know about you a lot of the women will text and text and text it's because we just don't have that the climax or or the finished business and so that mm -hmm. that's wonderful to do that now when when we're doing when we do have conflict there Sometimes we can find resolution in it. So just because someone doesn't do something, you know, someone might make a mistake uh, and we're not perfect. And it's real important for us to realize that there's no one perfect in this world, except mm -hmm. for me. No one. <laughs> Come on, we got to have faith in ourselves. <laughs> well, don't tell my husband. He thinks I'm perfect. Well, there we go. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's I do I do think that's really important, and we need to do that more. But they don't teach that, and this mm -hmm. goes with the the parents need to teach it, and uh, and just realize that what's on the internet, a lot of it's not real. You know, a lot yeah. of times, like I don't know if you've been listening about the narcissistic uh, personality disorder, but now they're getting a little better. Before they were just saying everybody was a narcissist. <laughs> I was like, I don't oh, think yeah. so. 
Yeah. So yeah. That label thought, just starts flying around everywhere. Right. So you'll find that there's a lot of labels that will fly around and we need to really look at it and ask a professional because mm -hmm. they're not, no one is all that. Now they may have some characteristics of that. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. they're that. Even, even abusive relationships. It may have, you know, you might yell every once in a while. It doesn't mean that you're in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you, you understand? So it's, yeah. we need to be careful about that because once you put a label on it, what happens? You know, then you start acting that way. Yeah. It damages a lot of other people's reputations in a way as well. Like the minute right. if you start telling people, and I found this out as I started We're, getting older, the minute I started hearing about other people from other people, I looking right. at that person very differently. And it affects right. how I how I feel like I can trust them. And I've heard from other people that you can't. So then it's there's right. that, okay, maybe I can't trust them. So right. yeah, there's no, there is that sort of the label stick very easily. It it does, it does. And that also has to do with self-fulfilling prophecy. So mm -hmm. if I if I say something, speak it, therefore it is. If I say that person's I don't want to. I don't want to call someone a name, but let's say if I say that person's a not a nice person, then yeah. therefore that person will most likely be not a nice person. I could label mm -hmm. them. I don't want to do that on there. Yeah. Uh, so we need to watch also what we say because that's going to affect how we act and mm -hmm. going to affect how they are to us. So that's we true. have yeah. yeah we have a lot of power. So if we say more say if you're in a relationship and you want your husband or your love or your friend to be nicer and start saying what you want, not what is. Mm -hmm. And you and you'll more, more likely get it. Yeah, no, that's that's a very that's a very great um takeaway well, from from yeah. that. Yeah. Now, I know that everyone has a very different definition as to what family is and understanding the whole dynamics of family. Right. What would your definition of family be? Well, a, a family is, it, it's changed. Uh, and, it, and it's changed over history because uh, way, way, way back when, before the, the 20s, uh, they had uh, extended families where you had grandpas and, and uh, you know, the parents and the aunts and the uncles. And it, it was a, a bigger unit. And then it became more a nuclear family, just like a mm -hmm. nucleus. And that was more the, the mom and dad and the, the children. So it, it, it's really, a, it's, um, it's a group of people that are related either by blood or marriage. And, uh, and it's a social uh, unit. And that's pretty much what it is. It's going to vary because now we have blended families because people get divorced or they, they lose their spouse and then they have kids and then they get together with the, their, a new spouse with kids and that's all the blended family. And we mm -hmm. even have something called a chosen family. A lot of, some of, some people that have an abusive childhood will choose to pick people when they're older to be their, their family, good friend, uh, you know, people that they know, they don't necessarily mm -hmm. need to be blood related. So it's a, it's a unit, usually you're related in some way. Mm -hmm. And 
when it comes to, I think we're mentioning a bit about the nuclear family. Right. Do you think that it still holds the same importance as it has done in the past? I I think it is very important because mm-hmm. our children from zero to eight is the formative years. And that's when we're like a sponge. So they learn how to communicate. They learn how to do social skills. They learn what's right and what's wrong. They learn mm-hmm. about finding. They learn about their emotions. They learn how to regulate their emotions. This is all taught by the family unit. It, it's a role model. And, and so what's happening is a lot of the parents, and not all, that they want to be friends with the children. And so this is just my, my theory. It's best to be a parent because you can be a friend to your child when they're in their 20s and they're independent. When they're growing up, think of it this way. I'm a therapist. I like you. If you're my client coming to me, I cannot be your friend because it's a dual relationship. And the same goes for raising children. If I'm going to be friends with my children, how can I be a parent? It's the same thing. Yeah. So, there you go. Yep. Yeah. No, that's very true. And yeah. I think we sort of, especially when it comes to parenting, especially when it comes, like we're looking at TV and film, how you're yeah. trying, you're perceiving the fact that mothers and daughters, for example, they become best friends. Like in Gilmore Girls, for example, they have the right. whole idea of being best friends. Right. Um, in reality, she she forgets that she's a mom. So she be, ends up being more of a friend to right. her daughter then she ends up being a mom and then when circumstances right. hit where she has to be the mom it doesn't hit as much there's not much of an impact yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's true so that's even giving the uh, analogy of me as a psychotherapist with my with my client um it doesn't mean that you can't be friendly with your children and yeah. can't pal around you just need to let them know that you are the parent and mm-hmm. that, you know, that there's different roles and in different roles, uh, people act differently. Your boundaries are going to be different. So that also is very important for parents to realize. You don't want to tell your kids all about your sex life. You don't need to tell them all of But parents, there are parents that will do that. I know. You, are you laughing because you know? I'm laughing because I've heard so many stories. <laughs> right. So so it goes both ways with the kid, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard, you know, to keep those limits. Uh, it, it's just, and, and there's no, well, really is no right or wrong because you're going to get some people that'll say, oh, it's good to be permissive as a parent. And some will say authoritative is the best. So uh, I truly believe in the, older way where the you in it's just like a boss if you're at work and you don't really want to be too close to friends with your boss mm-hmm. if they're your boss yeah it's the true. same yeah and i'm not saying you're the kid's boss it's just roles are role and you need to know what your role is and that will help you on how you ask with people mm-hmm. so when it comes to relationships especially right. in a marriage there's yeah. very different similar expectations set 
or similar conversations or lack of conversations or different situations. When it comes to having those New Year's resolutions, why is it important to to set those New Year's resolutions for couples to start fresh in the New Year, to look even for, look forward in the relationship rather than backwards? Yeah, especially do you know with with the way I'm like if God you hear my voice that got calm because I'm married <laughs> and my husband loves to play he plays chess all the time on the internet drives me mm-hmm. crazy because it's like pay attention to me so doing yes. the new doing the new year's resolution get both of you to pay attention to each other you know you can do it over dinner you could do it sitting out in the backyard looking at the sunset find a beautiful place and just get together uh timing a position is everything i have it in my book i say tt not toilet paper because we have a a very uh fast street in houston uh called westheimer and people will just <laughs> rake down it sometimes you will get all the green lights and that's great and sometimes you'll get all the red so it's timing and position so make sure it's the right time a position for you to do your talk of your new resolution i highly mm-hmm. think it's so important because then you're sitting you're spending quality time uh hopefully having fun chatting like we are and finding out about their goals and their values and some of them are going to be similar which you'll get commonality and feel more connected so it's gonna help you even put a little spark to your life because you all may have been going this way or even this way and that's going to get you to go this way which is a good way to go if you want to have that so it it's uh it's really mm-hmm. powerful it really is so when it's looking into the past and trying to not bring things up that has right. happened in the past right but it's almost impossible to sort of move on and look forward to the future when yeah. you're still sort of having that the focus that you had in the past or the lack of attention that you did in the past, how do you right. really go and you? Right. Okay. So it, it is hard to do that because mm-hmm. our brains are programmed some more than others to think negatively and it's called negativity bias. So that's how mm-hmm. come it, uh, when we're watching news, we'll like to focus on the negative. And it's the reason we do that, just getting off beat a little bit, uh, is because of survival so that if I'm in the woods and there's a bear out there and a and a big mac I'm going to focus on the negative bear so that I can live to eat my big mac so I'm just I'm just letting you know how can we tend to focus on the negative so because of that um mm-hmm. you'll first want to start out when you're talking to your spouse or your loved one or anyone for that matter start out with a compliment start out with something really Seriously, because when I'm going to go back to where it hits in the brain, when you say something wonderful about that person, or you know, maybe even talk about some vacation that you had, it brings back great memories. It hits the same region of the brain that you just paid someone a hundred dollars. So that way, that person gets more open to receive whatever you're going to say. Then, when you talk about the past, uh, it could be something where uh, you don't feel hurt that, you know, your spouse just never listens to you 
Well, one, we don't want to say the word never because that's a black and white thing. So we're going to avoid that word. Uh, we may want to say to them how find a time when they did listen to us and how much we love that and want them to do more of that. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? So I'm not yes. really bringing the bad, the negative past back. I'm trying mm -hmm. to find the positive to say what I want. So that builds mm -hmm. you more of that. Does that sound good? Yes. No, it's, it sounds like there's a lot of, um, it, I didn't really realize that there was a huge connection in the brain. Yeah. Us sort of like knowing the, was it negative bias? Negativity bias. Negativity bias. No, I yes. never knew that that was, that, that existed. So no, that's, that's a very. That's how come we Welbernack. <laughs> We're looking at the negative. It protects us so it, you know, it doesn't happen to us. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting because yeah. I think there's a whole yeah. lot of situations that when it, you were saying it, there's a whole lot of situations that flew in my brain of oh. like, especially when it comes to the news, especially when it comes to yes. um, sort of the lack of like enjoyment in life is because we're so focused on a lot of the negative things or um, we're focused right. on what has happened rather than what can happen in the future. Exactly. So that's why when we're talking about communication, the lack of closure is a big Thing because right. we're still stuck on what has happened. Right. And not just that, speaking of lack of closure, uh, you and I were just talking about desperate housewives. There's no closure. I keep on going and going because there's that cliffhanger. And and it just it's something that gets us where we just have to know the ETO the answer. You know, mm -hmm. it's that that Bobo, you're missing out. Gosh. And so that's that's our life. We just need to be aware of it and then sort of step back and say, you know, it's okay if I don't know everything because mm -hmm. we're not going to. Yeah, as much as we try. As much as we try. Now, when it comes to the challenges that can happen, right. what are some of the potential challenges that may arise when implementing New Year's resolutions for marriage? Right. Well, one big one, and, and I, I did forget to tell you this. People come to me because their expectations are way up here and then they fall short. And so then they feel disappointed. So when when you're setting these New Year's resolutions, you need to be real with them. And yes, set them high, but not too high. And mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's one thing that could happen. One, the other one, one partner could have one foot in and one foot out. And I get a lot of that also when they come to my office. And I tell them, if you put both feet in, it's more likely to succeed. But if you have one foot in and one foot out, you don't know where you're going to go. So that that sort of uh, puts a seesaw in the relationship uh, of that. Um, another is communication. So just like we're talking Someone could be mm -hmm. speaking Japanese and the other one could be speaking, I don't know, Spanish. And so, in other words, they're not speaking the same language. So, one way to speak a better language would be if when you talk and you say something, for me to repeat it in my word. And then you would say, if you said, I don't know, just say something to me and I'll do it. Anything. Um put on the spot words not making sense. Oh, um. <laughs> okay. So did, did I hear that 
I put you on the spot and then things weren't making sense. Is that what I yes. heard? There you yes. go. Okay. So that, there you go. Okay. So that's what I recommend uh, my clients do. It's not really even reframing. It's just putting it in your own words of, of what that other person is saying. And then the mm-hmm. other person will acknowledge. And then you know that you've worked correctly or they'll say, not what I said. <laughs> So, yeah, so those are some of the challenges. Yeah. So when it comes to, I think this is an audience question, but I will sort of bring it up now because it feels very perfect. Oh. So when it comes to the sort of balancing your relationship and balancing your everyday life and sort of figuring out the different aspects that your life has, how do you tell your partner that, in the new year that we need to maybe spend less time together, that they're sort of losing their independence a little bit. Okay. So, so you're, are you saying they're a little bit of mesh? Um, so again, to focus on what you want and make it mm-hmm. more about you and don't, mm-hmm. don't say this is about me, just make it more about you. So you would let them know, gosh, I love being with you. Remember that time we went away and we did that? Like we had so much fun. You start talking about that. And then you say, you know, this year, wouldn't it be great if you got to do some of your stuff by yourself and then I got to do some of my stuff by myself? For me, I think that would be awesome for me. What's your thought on that? Have a discussion on it. They might go, mm-hmm. well, I like doing stuff with you. And I was like, well, you know what? And I understand that. Sometimes I need to have some of my alone time. Or what? Do, do, you, do you see how that flows? Yeah. 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 No, I, that makes a yeah. lot of sense because I think, especially when it comes to um, the uncomfortable conversation, when it like sort of that losing independence, right. and that's right. a, a lot of fear that a lot of people have in relationships about sort of you, they don't want to become one person that they have to remember that they're leading two different lives right. and they're st- just they're just coming together, but they're not. They don't have to be completely compatible in everything. Right. So there's that whole idea of we need to balance our life and our partner's life and our life with our partner. And you know what? That brings up a good point. I have my clients both come in and they'll say, "Um, I want to communicate better or "Um, I want you to love me more or I want what, and I say, we need you to do i want to feel more comfortable with you mm-hmm. and comfortable may be different to you than it is to me so i have my clients define it so even when like when you're going in your relationship and you have a fear of um having your independence taken away you may want mm-hmm. to think about before you even get the relationship what is independence to you what does it mean because you mm-hmm. can still be independent and be with your spouse doing a bunch of things and also have your own thought process thinking independently. So mm-hmm. it's, it's all how you think of independence. Okay. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I think right. a, a lot of people, their definition of independence is varying and there's so many different ways right. to be independent. I know a lot of people who are saying they can't be in a relationship until they gain some more independence themselves, but there's also other people saying that you can be your own person while still in a relationship. 
Of course. So, and when they yeah. say that to you, do you know, do you ask them what they mean by that? Sometimes I, I sort of get on the side of they need to, like for me personally, there's a lot of things where I feel like I need to work on myself first right. and enjoy enjoy the moments that I have by myself before sure. a relationship just sort of comes into my life. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I believe, just like I've said before, there's timing and position. And so <laughs> we will know when it's right. Our, our gut, sometimes we don't listen to this. This mm-hmm. gut, you know what this gut is? Besides, I might need to lose some weight. And then, <laughs> but it was all our um, past history, things that happened to us in the past, uh, things that we've been told. And sometimes it's really, actually, it, it is good for us to sit and listen to our gut. Mm-hmm. So when we're mm-hmm. feeling anxious, instead of running away from our anxiety, you know what the best thing to do is? What? Sit in your anxiety. And then, okay. th- this is what I tell my clients, sit in your anxiety, get your friend's cell phone out and go ahead and get on it and go, okay, Jill said I'm sitting in my anxiety. Okay, what am I thinking? Well, I'm thinking that this is really stupid, right? You can just start talking into your phone, play it back and see mm-hmm. how come you're anxious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if you run from your anxiety, you'll never know how come you're anxious. You'll just go, Oh, I just need more independence. But what about the independence? You know, mm-hmm. what 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 will that independence do for me? How much independence do I need? And what exactly is independent for me? Mm-hmm. And, no, that's no, that's perfect. I think that's really? a great way of balancing your own conversation mm-hmm. in your head, but also yeah. not letting it sit in your head too much. Oh, please, if you let it sit here. You're not easy. Any senses and you know what? It just. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine right? that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Or write it down on paper. It'll slow down your brain. Thought. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Right. Now we're going into the practice and habit part of the show where we're oh. talking a little bit about your own practices. Oh, okay. So what practices would you recommend to improve discussion with your partner about New Year's marriage resolutions. Okay. I'm going to tell you what we do. Okay. So, um, and, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about men too. So men, when you talk with them, if you talk with them this way, it's very confrontational. So mm-hmm. when you talk with them and they're sideways, they're apt to listen to you more. I'm sure there's you know, going to be some that aren't, uh, but most will listen to you more. So I do what is called full of thought. And we used to do it after he'd go to church on Sunday. I, do, I don't go to church. Anyway, I'd make him um, a little Sunday meal. And then after we ate, he'd go lie in bed. And I call it pillow talk. We still do the pillow talk. I just don't feed him anyway. Well, <laughs> we just come straight to the bed and talk. And so you, you, you just lie down in the bed. And you can either hold each other in your arms or just side by side. And you just start and it's just, it's really wonderful because mm-hmm. things just start flowing out. Now, there's a, another thing, another way that I do it when we're driving. That's another sign that's really good to, to talk. But pillow talk to me is the best. And then, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes it might lead to other things after you're talking. You never know. <laughs> and then you, that's, and that's what I, I mean, it works. 
really don't. Yeah. Like hot pillow no. Yeah, it actually does make sense, especially when you look at them straight away as sort of like you're yeah. wanting to, a serious, it's too serious of a conversation right. to be to yeah. be had. Right. But on the side, it's sort of like, okay, the defenses are down, my defenses right. are down, there's right. a bit more openness right. need to communicate. And you're, lying, and you're lying down, both of you are lying down, which is very submissive. So, yeah. right. No, yeah. that sounds like a very, very good way of doing it. And I think that needs to be hyped up a whole lot more. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like it would. It does. It now, does. but what are some challenges that can sort of come about when you're trying to go through that process? Well, you know, um, because you're working with another person, you know how we have our moods and everything. So you need to make sure that that person's in the right mindset also to do this. Because mm -hmm. if they if they come home from work and they said, you know, I've had a really bad day at work or I'm just not doing well, that's not a time to do New Year's results. So you mm -hmm. really want to both be in a fairly positive mindset because otherwise when I'm negative, why I'm feeling negative, I'm going to think negative. No matter what you say to me, so that can mm -hmm. be an issue. Um, also, um, what, what else would be uh, just the like I said, the verbal communication because he is a man, I'm a woman. When I say things, I may be too verbose and and saying too many words for him to get it, and mm -hmm. then I will become a little bit irritated because he doesn't get me so that's something to be mindful of we need to be mindful of uh, when we're when we're doing something how are we feeling because however we're feeling that's going to overflow to the other person so those are mm -hmm. a few things that i would say could be okay hazardous so. <laughs> okay i I agree with that. I think especially when it comes to the type of listener you are. I know a lot of people who are visual learners, visual listeners. Right. So like the when you were talking about the whiteboard part and just having things down on the whiteboard, that seemed very effective. And I think a lot of people find will find that very effective because yeah. of their way to understand things by reading it or understand things by seeing it. Or and that's the only way that they can really understand how you're feeling or how the situation's going. So right. when it comes to that whiteboard, how often do you find it very helpful between your communication? We do it every day. Okay. It's every day. I mean, it's on it's the board. So I, I promise you, that I'll put at least one word on it um, pretty much every day. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it, it's very helpful. I highly recommend how it. How long have you been doing the the whiteboard for um see uh i'm gonna think about five years okay and, so uh, it definitely has worked married, <laughs> yeah and i've been married nine and okay. we've been together about 11 or 12. So don't tell okay. him i don't remember how long it's <laughs> <laughs> so good secret safe <laughs> yeah, no i i, I highly recommend that effective. And what I mm -hmm. do um, when I used to do group therapy, I, yeah. I I would put words on the board and I would have my client uh, interact. So let's say I would put friendship on the board and then I would ask you all, you know, when you 
hear the word friendship, what do you think of? And they tell me all these words and I put them on the whiteboard so that they could even see what they're saying. And then we would put it all together and it would help mm -hmm. them make sense of whatever topic we were talking about, such as relationships. So- Oh, wow. So it's like a visual brainstorm in a way. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. In a fun I'm way. getting it. Yeah, yeah in, in, a, a fun in way. a fun way, because everybody, I, you just put things on there and then eventually it'll all make sense. And you have 20 people in a room and you put it all together from the board. Yeah. And how do you think that the practice has impacted your own, your own sort of understanding of your partner, but also the understanding of your own life? Oh, my, my practice, my psychology practice? No, I meaning the um, practice that you go for improving your with your partner. So the the pillow talk. So so I'm going to tell you something. I went out with my son the other day. I am definitely mm -hmm. not perfect. I'm a type A personality. I'm I'm great at what I do. I am type A. I, I'm so blessed to have my husband who's laid back. I think he's the only person I could live with. So my son said something to me, and it's a big compliment. He said that. I may have my faults, but I'm very aware of my faults. And so I'm constantly working on them. I'm work, I, I, what is it? Walk the walk, talk the talk. Mm -hmm. I, I, I relate well with my clients about that. So I think that in itself helps us because he's so laid back. He never yells or any, I mean, he's just like a puppy dog. So, okay. yeah, so it would be me and I'm very self-aware, which helps us. To, mm -hmm. to be able to do that and do our pillow talk. That's one reason I like the pillow talk because even if you are type A, everybody, well, most people go to sleep, I think. And so you might as well, even before bed, it's a good time to even do your pillow talk or in the morning when you wake up. So you're, mm -hmm. everybody is in bed and that's just an easy way to start the day. Now that is... That is amazing. And I think, I, I think yeah. I'm definitely going to recommend that to a lot of my friends. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. Cause I think that's such a great way of no. sort of just calmly having those conversations without getting it heated, without it right. um, erupting into something more than it needed to be, right. without accusations flying. I think that's like a lot of my, at least from okay. what I've heard a lot of my friends when it comes to their communication, it's always, it gets Word. heated very quickly. Right. Um, I've got a lot of um, fiery friends at, <laughs> in my friend group. So there's always <laughs> that heated communication somehow right. gets in the way of actual just calm communication. Yeah. So no, that so definitely sounds some, very yeah. interesting. There's something called empathy. And mm -hmm. this is, we, we need to do more of that and we will get less heated because if we can remember that that person we're talking to is not perfect, and may have heard us incorrectly, give them the benefit of the doubt. It will make mm -hmm. us so that we, that if we change our mindset like that, we may not get it heated. So that might be something good for your friends, for you to even say to them, to just remember that that other person that they're trying to get this point across may yeah. just not understand the word or, you know, right? It's just, yeah, no, it's very true. Or looking at it in a different way because we're all raised different. So mm -hmm. they may need to explain it 
in different words. It's like if I'm speaking Japanese and you're Italian, well, then I'm going to need to maybe put a little bit of some English in there because Italians know, you know, some English and Italian, I think, similar. I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak those. But did you hear what I'm saying? You're going to no, need to change your language. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think especially when it comes to the way that we understand things are very different as well. Right. And let them yeah. know that action creates reactions. So they have a lot more power than they think in that conversation. Mm -hmm. So if it's not, if it's going sour, it's good to look at us and then see, wow, maybe I could say it this way. Another way. Mm -hmm. No, right. that's very, that's a very good point. Now, this leads us into the very last section of the show, which is our open mic. Yes. Now, it gives you a chance to talk about anything that you're passionate about, something that you want to share with our audience. Um, we've had a conversation about this before we started recording, and yes. we looked into what we were going to talk about today. And we were going to talk about one is your current book, Empathy. Yeah. And the, and the other is your book coming out very shortly. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I will talk about my cute little characters. And the reason I got this out, um, it's called Empathy. I've been doing it for 30 or 40 years, and it's basically banter with empathy. It's got six elements. We won't even talk about that. He is, I got it out because everybody was doing what your friends are doing, getting upset and angry. And I was so sick of the anger. I said, we need to do something about this. So this book gets it where you can get your point across at least 90% of the time, might not might not be 100, but you'll know when you should walk away. And that's what empathy is about. It's trying to, it's working to make situations a win-win. So I tell people, your husband doesn't need to be king of the castle. He just needs to perceive he's king of the castle because life is mm -hmm. perception. So that, that's something to think about. But that's why, that's why empathy books, so it's teaching people how to communicate, and that way their social skills will improve and they'll be able to get win with situations and their needs will be met and they'll be less frustrated and the other person will be less frustrated. Now my other <laughs> book, which is Meeting People It's Not a Game, and that is also about empathy, it uses empathy. It tells people how to meet people. So in this world inundated with uh, technology, and so the first half of the book gets you to meet people, whether as friends or partner or lover. And then the second half is how do you keep it? How do you keep them? How do you keep it still like? And so, and that's what that's about. Mm -hmm. No, that's amazing. Yeah. No, I think that's a great way of doing it. I love the way that yes. you divided it into two parts. I think that makes it yes. so much easier for a lot of people. Yeah. And I've done, so, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've done qualitative research, which is, with my clients and uh, they have, my clients that come to me and stay with me get their dreams met. So if you come mm -hmm. to me and you say, you know, I'd like to get this job or I'd like to get this partner, I, you know, this, that, it, it will happen. And it's all how we, how we change our mindset and how we express ourselves. Anger is okay. It's okay to get angry. It's how mm -hmm. we express it. If I yell and scream at you, that's not going to get me what I want. That's very true. So when is the second book coming, being released? So the second book's coming out the end of January. 
Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, and so how will uh, any of our audience be able to find find the so, book? Well, the one, the Ben Petit book is already on Amazon. This one will be on Amazon and uh, I'm not sure where else I'm going to uh, put it out. But uh, okay. for, sure, for sure on Amazon as of right now. I'll know more in a couple of months. Okay, perfect. Well, I will definitely have that in the link below for easy access because I know empathy is such a it's such an interesting concept yeah. combining banter and empathy. I yes. never really saw so I love I love the way that you've added the two words together and made it so much easier for people to remember as well. Right. Yeah. And easy easy it's easy to remember. I mean empathy, you can't really the minute you have it in your head, you cannot forget it. Right. And the and the characters I I make I put characters there because People like us relate better with characters because there's no competition. And it's Beak and Brighton and Bo, they're fraternal twins. One's a minute older, so that's Beak. He looks like a lighthouse, and he's the mm -hmm. leader and the beacon of light. And so he enlightens Brighton, his sister, and she's got starry eyes, and she's the follower. And then you have the little dog that's Bo that helps tie everything together. He's the compromiser. He is the leader, the follower, and the compromiser. And those are the three personalities in the world. If you have an instigator, uh, that person's a leader, just not a happy leader. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I love the I love the use of the characters. I think it makes yes. it it also makes it available for all ages as well. It where is. It's relatable it, it, for it all is. ages. Right. If it, I mainly made it for millennials and Gen Zs. Okay. No, that is perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jill, for joining me thank on the you, show dude. today. And if I, if there are audiences, audience members who are asking, wanting to ask a little bit more questions about yes. partner communication or any Let other it, topics that we discussed today, is there a way that they are able to contact you? Yeah, they can go to my website. It's jillrobinpain.com and all my information is there. And then I'm, I'm on all the social media too. So it's J-I-L-L-R-O-B-I-N-P-A-Y-N-E. Perfect. Well, I'll definitely have that in the link below as well. I thank think you. it'll make it so much easier for so many people. Thank um, yeah, thank you again, Jill, for joining me. I think it's it. we've spoken about, I don't think we just spoke about New Year's. I think we spoke about how to bring over what we've learned into a new year and make it more right. positive because right. I think that's what a lot of people sort of need um, in terms of communication. I feel that there's so many ways that we can learn to communicate better and it's so great right. that we spoke about so many different areas that we can all sort of improve on. Yeah, we all can, including me. Yes, yes, including me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode. You've been listening to All Together, the Family Science Insights Podcast, produced by the Family Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes are available from 10 Life Management Perspectives, and can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting apps available on your devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel, as it helps other people find it so that we can grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website at fa.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Dina Sargent. Thanks for tuning in.